The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Courtney Cronin goes viral for a clip alluding to that Ryan Pose maybe actually didn't hire Matt Eberflus. Me and Bobby, I mean, me and uh, Steve are going to talk about that. Plus, the reported trade value that Justin Fields has on the market. And what could the Bears get for this year's number one overall pick? We're going to talk about all that and more on today's Chicago Bears Central. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bears Central, your number one place for all Chicago Bears news and content. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Chicago Bears Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bears related. I'm the host here, Hayes, joined by Steve-O in the building. What's going on, little bro? What's the word? What's the word? Man, just another day, another dollar, man. But uh, we got to jump into it, man. So I'm sure most Bears fans have seen it now. If you're on social media, clip did kind of go viral in regards to Courtney Cronin on the Chicago Bears podcast with our friend Pat, the designer. He didn't hire. I mean, I know what's out there. He was not the one who had the ultimate say on Matt Eberflus. That was a mm. Ped Phillips, and that was a George McCaskey decision at the end of the day. So this would be Ryan Poles making that first real decision on a head coach. I know, like, what was said, I chose him, that whole thing with the press conference. But, you know, if you talk to people inside the building about who had the real juice in that moment, yeah. um, that was that was a that was a Ted Phillips and, and George McCaskey decision ultimately. So and she talked about uh, that, you know, Brian Poles actually did not make that decision that from what she's heard being in the organization, that was a decision as far as hiring Matt Eberflus that was made before Ryan Poles got there. I've kind of always gone with the sense that Ryan Poles, because, you know, we heard that Ryan Poles had the final say that he could have restarted the uh, the the whole search if he wanted to. And I've always said, hey, if you, he decided to go with Matt Eberflus, that's on him. I still, you know, hold a little bit of that saying that Ryan Poles is the GM and Flus stays on. It's a decision by him. But Steve-O and me, you talking outside of this, uh, you bring up some really great points about kind of the concerns yeah. about ownership and, and Ryan Poles. So when you heard this clip from Courtney Cronin, how'd you make, make you feel? Um, I wasn't up in arms like everybody tried to make it out to be because, like I said, I'm the type of person that pays attention to tendencies, trajectories, and behavior. And what I've seen by it, like, at the same time, let me start off by saying both things can be true. Both things, as in Ryan Poles knew what he was walking into, and he accepted the job. Nothing you, nothing you could say about that. He knew Matt Eberflus was an option, and he, like you said, he had the option to, if he wanted to do the whole coaching search all over again, he could have. But he decided mm -hmm. to put his trust into what the organization already did before prior to hiring him, and he went with their best option. So he, he did what he did. But to me, I knew off rip just because of who our owners was. I'm like, okay, they say 
they don't know football. We're going to kind of step back and let football people make football decisions. But as soon as I heard that you was going to get your committee together and make your own thing, which is like, like you said, outside of uh, YouTube, all owners do the same thing. But mm-hmm. I think the difference between other owners that you can kind of see, but to me, because I've studied and watched this team so much, I can almost pinpoint the DNA where George is at. And to me, Flus was a, you can see the DNA all over that. It was like, okay, Bill, he asked Bill Polian. Bill Polian is one of his trusted confidants. And Bill Polian has a great rapport with Indiana, um, with the, uh, the Colts. And for George to, for George credit, Flus was not a terrible option. They had one of the best defenses that year. Yeah. He's a defensive coordinator. If you see him on hard knocks, they was on hard knocks like a year or two prior before hiring him. And you can see everything that you want to see in a potential head coach. So I don't blame him for doing that. But I've always known you can't sit there and tell me with a straight face that Poe's been working with Eric B. Enemy for a multitude of years and he wouldn't have been on your top three. No, I don't know. I, 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 I'm pretty sure. Floose was okay with Floose, but he wasn't Floose. Floose was not Poe's first choice or choice at all in my. But he he okayed it, so that's all we can say. I mean, and that that's a that's a fair level headed way to view it is that, and and the way I guess ultimately the way I look at it is this is that uh is that Pose is now in charge, and I and I, I get what you're saying, and there's definitely always going to be concern that how much his ownership still really have their damn grimy hands in this. I do feel like the team is taking on the identity that what Pose has said that he wants this team to be viewed, but that's the players on the, on the field. So this is kind of the question that I threw up. We can talk about it from this point. I want to know how you feel, Steve-O. How accountable then do you think we can hold Ryan Pose? If Flus does stay on his head coach. And yeah, I think that was the whole thing. I was trying to make the point as it's like, I want to give, I want to hold him to a, a standard that he set for himself, of course. Mm-hmm. But like you said, with any situation of any ownership, you just do not know the, the amount of touches they have on any situation. Yeah. So based off what the actions you seeing and what you seeing translate on the field we see a lot of dna in polls so we do feel and we can say with confidence that he has a nice portion of power alongside kevin warren over this organization he can make draft picks he can fire people he can hire people we know that but i think we can also was always going to be in the back of our head and 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 we're always going to think is when it comes to the power structure of is I my worry is George is always going to have his cronies around, and they're going to be throwing out certain names, and I'm just be like, no, 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 no. You said you wanted football people, especially modern football people who one understands football to make football decisions. So if you have the utmost trust in Kevin Warren and Ryan and Pose, let them make those decisions. Yes, of course they got to come to you to okay it. But you say yay or nay. You don't say yay or nay or no. Maybe you should. No, just yay or nay. Mm-hmm. That's all I need you to do is yay or nay. You said Ryan Pose and Kevin Warren is the people you want to have for this future to take your organization where you want it to be, which is winning football games and potentially being a Super Bowl winner. So if you're going to do that, let them do it. Don't sit there and have a committee on the side when you already hired the committee. 
Ryan Poles and the people he hired is your committee. You no longer need a Bill Polian. You no longer need your people in place. You literally, at a, a, every situation in Bears history, from a organization organization standpoint, you have stepped back because it's been a minute where you hired a, a president that wasn't an accountant. Mm-hmm. You actually hired people in the modern era of football that knows what they're doing on from an executive situation, from a front office situation, from a scouting situation. So let them do that. You gave them the choice. Let them drive the car. Don't sit there and be a, 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 a what they call it, a backseat driver. Yeah, a passenger side. Yeah, you can't do that. You can't do that. I, and I think it, it shows a, a lack of faith in who you hired on. You hired in Kevin Warren. You mm-hmm. hired in Ryan Poles. You need to allow them to make to, to make the choices. And some of those may be that, just like us with fans, right? Like, we doubted, or I, I speak for myself, I doubted when he decided to go Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisk instead of doubt, uh, going after the wide receiver. And I, it, it, those decisions, those players have turned out the really big pieces of the Chicago Bears' future. So, you know, as an ownership group, you have to allow yourself to do that too. Like, hey, wait a second, wait a second. I, I don't know about this, but let let the man cook. Let him get to the, to the picture. You have to allow – I always say this. Most GMs in cross most sports, but especially football – you have to give them four to five years, especially when you, it, it's different if he inherited already a winning team and a winning culture. He had to change everything from the ground up, had to strip everything down. So you got to give him that time and that opportunity to really build that out and see what they're going to be able yeah. to turn it into. And if all the people that's trying to come and put him already in a hot seat or just getting a little warm, literally the only egregious thing that I can say Ryan Pohl has done as a GM is two people. Cole, Chase Claypool and maybe Valus Jones. That's literally the only people you can – and, okay, that's just saying maybe he's not the best at looking at uh, weapons on the offensive side of the ball. That's why you hire other people. That's why Ian Cunningham is there in case he, he's good at that type of thing. Or other people are there. But that's my whole thing. Just let the man's cook. Let the, He has to give you no reason or any thought where you should – Think I don't trust this dude. He's did it everything. There's very few people we've seen completely. Well, there's not nobody of recent memory that I could say come into this organization and and completely stripped it out bare bone. They've always kept two to three people of the old core and try to retool it. No, this is probably the first real strip down we've had in probably 20 years. Yeah, especially clearing the veteran contracts, things like that. And Ryan Pose, he's done a great job. Most cap space in the league last year and the number one overall pick. We're top 10 in the league in cap space going into this offseason with the number one overall pick. So, and a chance to get even more for that. And that kind of leads us to our next topic, Steve-O. We're going to talk a little bit about what the Bears can get back for the number one overall, which apparently is higher than I gave it credit for. But we also got word that uh, the Bears could expect kind of a second or third round pick back if they were to trade Justin Fields. Now, you know, very vocal that I don't think the Bears should look to be trading Justin Fields, but it's it's good to know kind of what that value is out there. When you hear that for Justin, do you think that's fair, equal value? Do you think that that's value that the Bears, if they are, you know, interested in going after quarterbacks, should they jump at that value and go ahead and do something with the first overall pick? Do you think that that's not good? Um, I think he's definitely worth a second for Mm -hmm. sure. But to me, I just see how jumpy the league can be. And I think we, if we were to entertain it, we could possibly get a first. And I think somebody's dumb enough to do it. I think if somebody's dumb enough to do it, we see it every single year. And I would be remiss to say they can't, they have to take that into consideration. Somebody offer you a first round pick for Justin. 
hey, like I ain't gonna lie, like that's something you might have to consider, especially if you like any of these quarterbacks that much. Me personally, I don't. And um, I say you stick with Justin and you, like I said, for the most people I'm hearing in the- Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill twitter spaces youtube world they're expecting the playoff win of a birth next year yeah and, and the main thing i ask you is do you have a hundred percent uh confidence that a rookie quarterback is going to come in and lead you to the playoffs i don't care how talented he is there's still a huge learning curve especially from the defensive side of the ball passing wise when you become a quarterback in this league. And like I said, I'm not against Caleb coming here. I'm not against any of these quarterbacks. Well, some of them, I'm against some of them. But I'm for majority of this thing is, if you're going to bring in Caleb, Luke can't be there. Because if Luke be here, you're going to kill him because we ain't running heavy RPO, and that's what he's used to. Yeah. If he's going to go somewhere, like I've even said it for his sake, if I'm Patriots, you better get Drake May. Don't get Caleb. <laughs> it's all about getting the right thing that fits yeah. your things in the right space. But to go back to Justin, I I think we're the you're if for if I have to make a prediction, they're probably going to get most second rounds, third round picks, and you might get one person to throw you one. But it's all depending on your thoughts on Justin and the thoughts of the quarterbacks in the draft. You think somebody better than Justin? It don't matter. Go get them. Yeah. I mean, it does come down to it. I mean, when you look at former top 10 picks, Trey Lance uh, was traded. He was traded for a fourth round pick. And then Sam Donald was traded for a second, a fourth and a sixth round pick. So there you go on that. If you just kind of look at Who the hell value. did that, uh, that was Car Carolina. <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that actually makes, makes a lot sense. of sense. That actually makes a lot makes of sense. I mean, I, it, from everything that we're hearing right now, Atlanta would probably be the one to offer up the most for Justin Fields. Again, I don't think the Bears should trade Justin Fields. I think when you look, especially when you get into the next part of what we're going to talk about, what the Bears could get back in a trade package for uh, the first overall pick, things get a little interesting. So as it stood uh, yesterday in the same, in a different conversation with Courtney Cronin, Cronin and Jeremy Fowler, they talked about it and they said this. If the Bears traded the first pick, the rec the return could be immense. Several executives agree Chicago could net more than it did in the Panthers trade from a prospective trade partner already picking in the top five. Those execs believe the price to get number one could be two future first rounders a uh, on the top of this year's on top of this year's pick, along with a variation of a day two and or premium veteran player on a manageable contract. Now that is a big because I had been saying. My own thought process was if you're trading with another team that's in the top five, you're not going to get back as much as what you got from the Carolina Panthers because of how far they had to move up. But according to Jeremy Fowler and Courtney Cronin, is that actually the Bears could get a two future first rounders on top of a first rounder this year? That's three Bro. first and a premium player. That I, I listen, I love Marvin Harrison Jr. Do not get me wrong, but that type of deal. That's what you set your franchise up for the future. And so, and because there are really good wide receivers that you can get in the mid, uh, you know, 10, after pick 10 and, and things like eight and 10, that may make it a little bit more interesting for the Chicago Bears. Mm -hmm. I, I've been saying people for the longest, like, 
because of the prospects that's in this draft, it demands way more than last year's draft. So, mm-hmm. like, this can be one of those years where you see a deal like what happened between the Dolphins and the, I believe, what was it, 49ers, when they got three mm-hmm. first-round picks and a player. We can get that. We could get that from possibly um, um, the Commanders. We could possibly get that from the Patriots. We could possibly get that from um, a couple other teams. Like, you can – the demand in the way they're talking about Caleb Williams and really, like, I understand they tried to put that trajectory of a generation's you no know, talent on Bryce. But mm-hmm. I feel – even though I don't believe uh, Caleb is a generational talent – you can kind of put more of on that. I will say his arms talent is generational. I won't say him as a quarterback is generational, but his That's arm fair. talent is definitely generational. So I think because of that, some people are going to reach. And I and me personally, I'm down to one team that I'm pretty sure I know for a fact that's going to reach. And that's the Washington Commanders. Mm. Hey. You got a new ownership that's going in that's tired of the shit that they've been dealing with. They realize the past. You got Magic Johnson as one of those people, and, they, and he's not liking how he's being treated at, or respected as the whole organization as a whole. So he's going to be like, hey, this kid from Maryland, everybody talking about, oh, he's a generational talent. Hey, go get him. Yeah, I could see Magic Johnson and, and the whole committee over there saying, hey, let's go get Caleb. He's he from the city. And he's more comfortable. To be honest, he fits way more over there. And I feel like he's going to be a dog with Eric Bieniemy versus somebody like a Bill Belichick. Yeah, that's true. I mean, uh, give Eric Bieniemy a quarterback like Kayla Williams. That's that's a dangerous there. That is a dangerous he's, pairing there. He's probably throwing 4,000 his first year. Yeah, Low for key. sure. For sure. Um, and, and so, I mean, really, when you come down to it, like I said, I love Marvin Harrison Jr. Do not give me. And technically, I mean, I guess if the Bears are trading within, as long as they are ahead of Carol, of uh, the Arizona Cardinals, they could technically still get Marvin Harrison Jr. So mm-hmm. if you are trading with a team like the Commanders or trading with, with the Patriots at two and three and they're giving up that type of deal, you can still potentially draft Marvin Harrison Jr. and keep it moving. Now, that would mean that hopefully the Cardinals will try to pull off something crazy there. But now with this, mm-hmm. what, what we're hearing, do you think that we could see again Ryan Pose trade the number one overall pick before the draft, or do you think it could actually work into the Bears' benefit to get more to wait up until the day of the draft and play those teams against each other as long as possible? I, I think, because like I said, I think last year's prediction is very different, and I think mm-hmm. everything that would happen would happen early because of how, like I said, especially if you're going to send in that many type of draft picks, you have to make that deal early so you can get everything right before the draft versus, like, coaches, people yeah. you could bring in, money situation. So I could see this deal, him trading that pick, probably going to happen in February. Mm, okay. That's what I'm predicting. So, and, and I think everything – from from the draft standpoint, this year is going to have him more early than that did last year, and it, it's going to have to because, like I said, the trade demand is is not the same as it was last year. These prospects are way more proven than the prospects that came out last year. They just are. Yeah, and and yeah, I mean it's 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 a lot different, right? They're kind of when yeah. you look at Caleb Williams, look at Drake May, uh, even Jaden Daniels, who's definitely going to move up in there as well. Penix, uh, yeah, uh, Penix. Like I tell you what. I like I I do like Phoenix, but uh, you know it is what it is. I still don't Why you like to say it Phoenix. Why you I, say listen, because I had to make sure that everybody knows that I'm saying the X in that. I don't always enunciate well. That's one of those names where if I don't enunciate it well, it could be taken real left. Uh, hey, but 
What yeah, what can I mean, say Paul syndrome? What do you say? Yeah, Paul's traumatic stress disorder. Stress disorder, right? Yeah, I got it. Uh, but yeah, so definitely, man, and uh, you know the Bears are gonna have a lot to to at, at, at options for them. And what we know about Ryan Poles, the man's playing chess right now, where everybody else is playing checkers. I wouldn't be surprised if somehow Ryan Poles finds a way to trade down twice and still walk away with everything that he wants in this as well as if you can if you're talking about getting a first in this draft and two two future first hey listen that's that's a, that's uh, that's a deal that you just it's hard it'd be hard for any team to pass that up and i hope that even kind of the Justin Fields you know haters kind of understand that as well like that's something especially when you have a quarterback who who has improved and still has two years left potentially on a rookie scale deal that's kind of hard to pass up because one of those Bro. two Future first could could be Arch Manning if you if we do end up having to move on from Justin Fields, bro. Arch, it, like, and that's what I, and that's the thing I try to break down with everybody. I'm like, you do realize there's going to be a Caleb Williams next year, in the year mm-hmm. after that, in a year after that. Most time, the most often than not, maybe not even the year after that. I say Caleb Williams comes around every two to three years. It just does more generational. Just because these kids and they're the way they're training differently at an early age, these dudes' trajectory is so high already. Like it's 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 like they're breeding generational talents because they're just training at a at a at an extravagant level than people are realizing. Yeah. Um, they're understanding the game at an earlier age, so they're going to see these generational tackles up tackles quarterbacks come more often than they than not. So that's my whole thing, like. And even some, and if you listen to them, even the, some of the Justin Fields haters realize what the roster that we could potentially have next year and after the draft, if we keep them, they still re- realize no matter what who quarterback is coming in, it's still a still good, a better situation than we had just in when we got them. So, hey, it, it's all about making the right decisions. <laughs> That's really what it comes down to: make the right decision, don't make the wrong ones, and. F- Pose has not made a, a wrong decision from when it comes from the draft perspective. He said we're gonna play, we're gonna build through the draft, and that's what he's been doing. Yep, and he's been doing a really damn good job at it. When you look at like the secondary, all players twenty four and younger. That that's that's really a big part. He's shut us up future. quick, man. Listen, that second he's he's and it was so quiet, right? Like when you go back and look at it, we got Kyler Gordon, we got Jaquan Brisker, we we knew that they were solid players in their rookie year. You add Terrell Smith. And uh, and Tyreek Stevenson to that to what you already had in Jalen Johnson, like yeah, you got to figure out another safety to, to come in after uh Eddie Jackson. But other than that, man, a hey, pose is cooked, bro. Pose is cooked, man. He most definitely cooked. Hey, he he going down as the one of the greatest mugs to not win a, a championship yet. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Any last thoughts before we get up out of here, Steve-O? Hey, just know we ain't letting up on y'all last. As soon as the season's in, we still coming with them videos. Just Absolutely. Know. The daily content is still coming. The season, this is because the season ends don't mean Chicago Bears Central ends. You're still going to be seeing our faces every single day, man. But uh, uh, that's it, man. Make sure you guys are following the show at Shy Bears Central. <laughs> you can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, Chicago Bears Central, gmail.com. And then lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail, 773 242 9336. We're the number one spot for everything Chicago Bears related. And like I liked in everything on Shy Town Up, but Bear Down. Love you, motherfuckers. Peace, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Break, 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 media. media.